0: Also be sure to stick around for the end of every episode where I'm going to reflect on the conversation and offer actionable coaching insights to have a real impact on your life.
1: Because the truth is, you're never going to be like 100% on the same page. Your partner's always going to annoy you. Your partner's always going to be different than you. In fact, I kind of believe that we get partnered up with people that are going to teach us something about who we are, right? Like what we need to learn is who who is our best match. So what I mean is that there's going to be those 63% of things that you're going to like have a difference of opinion about, that you're going to be able. And, and because you have those five core values, though, and this is what's beautiful, is that those five core values are going to be so strong and so essential that they're going to be the force and the base and the foundation with which you go about resolving and working through all of those other issues when they come up. Mm-hmm. Just just you're never going to solve them, right? I was looking at my cat the other day. He's like freaking the <laughs> As mysterious one does. cat. He was like, gets into everything. I got another cat who couldn't give a crap about anything. And I was looking at my cat and I'm like, You know, I'm not sitting here going, God, I wish my cat were less curious. I wish he would just like chill out, right? Because that's who he is. Yet we go to a partner and we're like, you need to change.
0: Hey, everybody. It's Ash here. And of course, we are on yet another U-Turn podcast episode about love because you all know that I have a personal interest in it. And I'm also just completely fascinated by this level of human dynamics. So I thought, who better to bring on the show than Marnie Batista? She's a certified professional dating and relationship expert. And I'm bringing her on today to talk about a topic that I personally grapple with and have no answers on. So I'm really excited to see what we find in this conversation all about female power dynamics. Um, So I don't know about you, but I think that we, I notice all the time that we're in the age of the boss babe. In fact, my friend Natalie created boss babe. So I am surrounded by the real boss babes Um, and all of you guys listening to the podcast all the time. And I'm often asked like how you can really own and be in your power. And I totally get that sometimes in your dating or marriage situations that translates into emasculating your man or feeling less attracted to him. Maybe you make more money than him. Maybe you feel like you have more of a sense of purpose and mission than him. Um, Whatever these dynamics are, we want to talk about how you can overcome it. Um, And so Marnie, thank you so much for being here on the show. Um, So this is like
1: my favorite topic right now. So I'm pumped.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm about to find out all sorts of things that I needed to know for myself. (laughs) So I'm curious, like what got you, of course, you know, just like quickly your story, like what got you interested in relationships? Usually people have a fascinating segue into it from their own lives. So tell me.
1: Uh, well, so, you know, I, I always say like we teach, you know, what we needed to learn. So the short story is I'm 53, just so, you know, everyone, you can, you can place me in the generations. And I got married when I was freaking 22. I met this guy when I was 19, you know, he basically, I slept with him and he asked me out again. So I was like, good, he's a keeper. Uh, that was my like filter at the time. He had a job, um, married for 17 years, had these great three kids, but I was super, were super unhappy in this relationship. He was like a narcissist. I kind of felt like a piece of crap the whole time. Um, I had like a great life. Like if you could have the golden handcuffs of like, um, you know, being a wife and mother, it was that right. Like credit cards, nannies, but I was really unhappy. Um, got a divorce. Guess what I did? Freaking met like the same version, like better looking and younger, but the same guy didn't marry him luckily. But at that point I was like, Oh my God, I am a freaking mess. I have three daughters. Like if I can't figure this out for myself, I have to figure this out for them. And that's when I really set about to figure out what was the missing piece in having a healthy relationship in dating, in attracting the right partner. And I really did it, came up with a process and a formula. Now I teach it to my clients. And what's really fun is that My clients I've been working with for the last ten years are in these amazing relationships, and they're all boss babes, and they're all with men they like never imagine themselves being with, and they're getting all these needs met in different ways, but there's just some crazy stuff going because roles have changed, and it's not something your mom can help you with, uh, and because. it was a different time. And so we're really writing the script for a future generation on how are we powerful women and also having healthy, intimate relationships with men. Mm -hmm.
0: And like, I'm so curious because for you, I've dated a narcissist before too. And I think we all have a healthy, healthy level of narcissism, right? Where, I mean, I look at me, it's like, I'm a business owner. I have a brand with my face on it. I guess there's a healthy (laughs) level of narcissism to that, but I think it's really fascinating, you know, like the journey that we often go on after we date a narcissist and I also find that there's a lot of women who are so powerful that they maybe feel like because they make more money or because they have more excitement in their career, um, they tend to look at their partner at some point when the dynamics shift. Maybe they met when they were younger and now things are changing as they step more into their career. and. I'm kind of curious like what you're seeing right now in your practice and coaching people and supporting people as an expert with like these power dynamics between masculine and feminine and women who are trying to be a boss, you know,
1: being a boss, forget trying. Yeah, exactly. And and what that really looks like. Yeah. So what's interesting is so you know when I when I was dating I dated for five years and I I met my husband and it was literally ten years ago and I was just starting my business and I was a former like school teacher and we were you know he was sort of like I don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I was like that's cool neither do I <laughs> you know um, and we started this relationship and then I sort of got in my lane and I figured it out and he was sort of on a different path and a different timing and what has happened over the 10 years in this evolution is, you know, I've created sort of this like empire, if you want to call it that. And he sort of decided to go a different, a different way in what he does in the world and navigating that. And I always say I'm at least 10% ahead of my clients. Right. And so navigating that, like, how do you handle money? Right. Because when you get married in your 20s, for most people, if you talk to people who are married in their 20s, they built their financial security together. Their money has been merged and they just do money. Now, they still might argue about money, but there's not as much of this is mine and that's yours. When you are older and you have made your own money and you get into a relationship, there is a whole other thing other piece that needs to be handled. So one of the first things in the power differential, let's call it that, that comes up for a lot of couples, um, even when they're dating, um, is how do we do money?
0: Hmm. And I guess I'm kind of curious, like just thinking right now, like I've been pretty empowered in my career and it's an extra special dynamic being a career coach because you can imagine it's like if you have like a lost bird, I can actually help them fly. (laughs) So Yeah, exactly. And so... One of the biggest challenges for me has been like being empowered, being on purpose, feeling inspired, feeling like I have a capability around making money. Like I don't value money like as a top priority. Like I know I need to make it um, as much as my creativity I value. But there are times where I've dated a guy who is starting his business and he's struggling at something and I'm looking at it and I coach people on that. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, I know what he needs to do to get clients and boom, boom, boom. And sometimes that makes me sad because I'm like, oh, wow, I feel... So much like I can carry the ship for somebody, and I wonder if they can carry that ship for me, and feeling like they can't. Um, And so I'm curious, like, what that line is, where women like me who are listening, like, at what point am I being judgmental and um, like having too high of standards, where I'm not being human and you know understanding that people go through things, or am I simply wanting to be met, wanting to be understood, and and is that? is there any wrong in saying like, I guess I just can't date people who aren't successful. That feels weird too. So I'm kind of
1: curious like what you would do with that. This is like a great question because here's the thing. So in the process, I, I, work with my clients. We come up with what I call your five non-negotiables. They're your values and they're your deal breakers. Um, they're what matters most to you. And you get five, which is generous. Now, most women will come up with like 105 of like their characteristics they wish for in a partner. But I've been doing this long enough to know that you want to really get clear on your top five deal breakers. They're your values. They're non-negotiable. Okay. And so, What's really important in that for you and everyone who's listening is that because a guy might be a lost bird in his career, uh, it may still mean that you have the same core five values and that those needs are getting met and that he may need support in his career and he may ask you for help. Or you may support him emotionally in that and let him be on his journey or you may refer somebody. But the bottom line is just because they're, quote unquote, a lost bird in one area, but they still meet you in these things that are actually the most important to you right, then you could still have an amazing relationship. Because guess what? You're going to fight about crap no matter what. In fact, according to the Gottman Institute, I think it's like 63% of all issues in a relationship are unsolvable. Mm. Unsolvable, right? Tell so, me more. Uh, like, what does that mean? Like, That feels crazy. I know. Because the, what that means is that those core values, those, I call them the five fights you're never going to have. Those are the other remaining, whatever the math is, 43% or whatever, because the truth is you're never going to be like a hundred percent on the same page. Your partner's always going to annoy you. Your partner's always going to be different than you. In fact, I kind of believe that we get partnered up with people that are going to teach us something about who we are, right? Like what we need to learn is who, who is our best match. So what I mean is that There's going to be those 63 percent of things that you're going to like have a difference of opinion about. And because you have those five core values, though, and this is what's beautiful, is that those five core values are going to be so strong and so essential that they're going to be the force and the base and the foundation with which you go about resolving and working through all those other issues when they come up. Mm-hmm. Just, hmm. Just you're never going to solve them. Right. I was looking at my cat the other day. He's like freaking the As one curious does. cat. He was like gets into everything. I got another cat who couldn't give a crap about anything. And I was looking at my cat and I'm like, you know, I'm not sitting here going, God, I wish my cat were less curious. I wish he would just like chill out. Right. Because that's who he is. Yet We go to a partner and we're like, you need to change. Mm. So. It's about the five things you don't want them to you don't want to have to change them to get those five things. They need to come to the program with those five. And those five hold you as you navigate through the
0: rest. Okay, so this is tough because I think like you said, everybody has like a hundred and five non-negotiables. I'm sure that you know, and then when you dwindle it down to five, I'm sure that I could pick mine, but sometimes we are operating out of this wounding of like, we think something's a non-negotiable. Like for example, because my dad lost all of his money when I was a little kid, because I had a multimillion dollar company and lost a lot as well. I, I repeated what he did. Um, there was a period in my dating life where I was like, I need a guy who has his career together because I'm tired of me and I'm tired of my dad. And that's what I need. And that felt like it was coming from the wrong place. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really challenging. Like, what do you recommend for people to actually boil down their non-negotiables? And by the way, this is a very relevant conversation because, and everybody listening, like, I don't know what I'm thinking, but I always share everything that I'm up to. Um, And I don't know. I just think it's more helpful to everybody. So to be completely candid, I literally went on a date last night with the nicest guy. And he has all the same values as mine. I've actually known him my whole life. Um, We just never like looked at each other that way. And, but, and so obviously I need to get over the awkwardness of like, Oh, like we've known each other our whole life. And now there's like a dynamic shift, but in his career, like he's your everyday guy in the workforce, climbing the ladder. He loves what he does. He has some ideas for a business, but like, meanwhile, I'm like, being hired to do keynotes on all sorts of topics and like really at my prime, like writing my book for my book deal. Like I'm in my power right now. And so it kind of feel, it felt kind of like, wow, you're a lot of amazing things, but can I, is there an imbalance if I'm like crushing it right now and you're just like climbing the ladder? So I think like, number one, how do we really get clear on our non-negotiables? And number two, like, how does that play into a dynamic like that? Because I know a lot of women who are boss babes who have told me this exact thing.
1: Yeah, totally. So one thing is that you want to really make sure that you are creating your non-negotiables from a place of opportunity, what you want rather than what you don't want. Mm. And that's totally common. Like, so when I work with clients, right, we go through this process and we, we come to this part in the journey and I, and they, they, you know, put them down on paper and I'm like, so basically I can tell exactly what you didn't like in your last partner. Like it's literally like leaking all over the page. Right. Um, or how you were raised or whatever it is. And they're like, yeah, but I didn't, I'm like, all right. So that's normal, number one, because it's our lizard brain that is saying, I call it the love shield, right? It's like your protective guard to make sure that you don't repeat. Yeah. So the best thing to do is number one, notice it. So that's a great start. So what do you do next? It's a complicated process, right? But when you look at it at the core to really get clear, it is what is it that if you you were going to leave the planet tomorrow and you could give the last keynote of your life, right? And everyone would hear it. You're like, damn, Benet Brown right now in Times Square, right? <laughs> <There you laughs> on, like, and it's like, this is, this is Ash's legacy. What, what are five things you want the world to, to do and be and know, right? And if people have kids, I always say like, what do you want your kids to walk away from? Right. And maybe it would be like, you know, make sure you always have financial security. But my guess for you is and I can even ask you, like if you were going to make that a a move forward instead of a run away from like what what's the core value you have around that?
0: Yeah. Just like don't settle for anything less than being who you are in your career.
1: Okay, so if you were going to make that in the positive, what would it be?
0: Like commit to a purpose.
1: I love it. Okay. So if your core value is I I want to be with someone who's committed to their purpose, mm-hmm. right? Then you're looking at the guy that you went on the date with through a different lens because he might be committed to a, his purpose. He might just be doing it differently than you. So powerful. Right? Yeah. His temperament might be different. He might not be as assertive. He might love what he does, but he also ha- loves spaciousness in his life. And he loves to surf and he loves to be with his family. Like he's doing it different than you, but he might have the same common goal. And what's cool is let's pretend he does. Um, and then you don't need to fix him. He's doing him in his own way, but he's totally going to support you in living your purpose because it's a core value. Mm. And so he'll be like, Oh my God, Ashley, go do it. Like I'm here for you. Hmm.
0: So it's like, instead of looking for somebody out of my wound of like, are they going to lose it all? Are they capable of like earning? Like, are they capable like me? It's more like, do they have a purpose and how committed are they to it?
1: Yeah, totally. Because, you know, I've, I've worked with clients who are like making glass of dough and they're like, you know, I went on this date with a guy and he's like a teacher and he makes like $50,000 a year and that scares me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what is your core value? And let's say it was committed to a purpose. And they'll be like, well, he's so committed. Like he he's, he does teaching because he loves teaching, not for the money. And, he's, uh, and he, he's the guy that the kids call when they need help. And he's the best teacher like on the planet. And that's what he cares about. Mm. Well, then he's great for you.
0: Got it. Okay. And kind of thinking about, um, I don't know, I feel like there's there's so much like money, politics, religion, like these are like very tight topics. I feel like, um, so let's say maybe they make the same amount of money, but you've got a woman who is totally in charge in her career and you've got a guy who's feeling lost. Like you, we talked about like how to have deep empowered communication kind of before we started recording And so I'm curious for everybody listening, like maybe the issue isn't money dynamics. Maybe the issue is um, purpose or, you know, I had a girlfriend who um, started a business. She was with the same guy for five years. They were on the path to marriage. Next thing she knew, she felt so successful. He felt so lost. Not only that, he started working for her company and that was the beginning of the end. And next thing I know, she was, you know, I have no idea thinking about cheating on him with some high powered CEO or something like completely textbook. So... Um, and I, I just noticed I feel like I'm judging her, but I'm not. It just feels like what happens. Um, not in my life, but what I'm watching. And so I'm curious like, somebody who's in a relationship that's starting to feel super disconnected because of power dynamics, because they're not happy with how powerfully their partner is showing up, how do they initiate that communication that shifts
1: things? Or is it doomed? Is it toast? I love this conversation because here's the thing. So, and that's why the work that I do is like a process. And so this, this conversation that we want to talk about is part of that process, right? So first of all, you have to go into it saying, do we have those five shared common values? Mm -hmm. Right. So this totally. And so let's just, I've been married for, uh, gosh, almost five years. I've been with my partner for 10, um, we were totally having this, this conversation. He was in production, doing commercials, hated it, uh, freelance. I'm like doing my thing. Um, you know, I'm like, you need to work, work more, work, be me, <laughs> right? Like be me. And then all of a sudden I start realizing that because he's working freelance and we, at the time, our kids were all living at home. Cause now they're in college and older. Um, but he's totally like doing all this stuff that like I can't do because I'm like boss babe, right? Like I'm working my ass off. So suddenly he's like, do, like totally responsible for planning all these incredible travel adventures he's totally picking up the kids he's totally dealing with like all the handymen and and all this kind of stuff he's just doing all this stuff and it hits me I'll never forget because we do this annual goal setting um process every December and we're talking about what worked and what didn't work and suddenly it hits me that he actually provides almost more of the value being like working part-time than he would full-time Mm-hmm. I'm like holy shit there's like total value. There's like huge value in that, right? So, the bottom line is we're like, "All right, but still we have to have a conversation about it." So, we 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 do what I call the joint problem solving statement. And it's a process by where you're like, "We have a problem in our in our relationship." And So we've got to figure out how do we navigate it so my needs get met and your needs get met and we both are working toward our shared common goals. So does that make sense so far? Yeah. Okay. So one of the things we can talk about as an example is roles and responsibilities then, right? So we sat down and we're like, all right, so step one is let's just put our shared common values on the table. Mm Mm-hmm. So we, we literally wrote them out. We're like, yep, these are the five. <laughs> Freedom, integrity. I, I'm trying to remember what all of them were. It doesn't matter. But we like set them out so they're in front of us, literally. And the next thing I do on my own and he does on his own is like, so what is it that I need? Like in the, in the area of roles and responsibilities, what is it that I need? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I need to feel supported. I need to feel like f- fair, right? Cause we all want fair and just. Mm-hmm. Um and um I want him to do it in a spirit of choose to, not I have to. Mm-hmm. Right? Where he's kind of being a whiny bitch about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um and so And he's got his needs. And so his needs are like, I want to feel valued. I want to have freedom to be able to be outside and in nature because that's part of my self-care. And I also want to be able to have a say or some power around these. Because right now you're just kind of telling me what to do. Like I'm your bitch. Right? Because I'm the boss, babe. Right? Yeah. So anyway, so we do that separately. And then we literally, we literally like wrote it on a piece of like poster paper because we're weird like that. But it was like, so joint problem solving statement. So if our comp, we have a common goal of freedom and integrity. Okay. Mm-hmm. And adventure. That was the third one. So it's like, what can we do so that I feel valued, that it's fair? And that you're in choose to energy so that we can have this lifestyle that we want to have and travel and have money and, and not, you know, not both be working and miserable and unhappy people. And he was like, okay, great. And my thing that I get is freedom and the other things that I mentioned. And then literally we looked at it like that. We're like, oh wait, we're both going for the same goal. So he was like, oh my God, you know, totally like he needed buy-in. He he wasn't connecting really the choose to in like that common goal. He was looking at it like I'm your bitch. And I was looking at it as it's not fair. So you need to do more.
0: So then how do you go from like him feeling like he's doing everything for you and you feeling like he needs to do more? You look at your core values. How do you, what was the communication like for you to then Honor the core values, reframe how you see him as your bitch or he feels like your bitch and you want him to do more. How do you reframe that into something moving forward?
1: So, what we did, I was like, oh my God, well, first of all, I didn't know that you didn't have buy in. I didn't even know but that he didn't he want it to be doing have that. Buy-in. Mm-hmm. No, because he was just like, you know, because here's the thing I was just like, why are you complaining all the time? Like, get over it, right? And, and and he was like why are we doing like why am i doing all this stuff and 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 like i just want to go surf mm. <laughs> right so the reframe was like oh my god okay wait so our common goal is that we want to like be able to like travel and we want the kids to learn about integrity And we really want to, like, he wants me to, like, have time to, like, be available at the end of the day. And he wants time to go surf. And I was like, oh, my God, well, let's figure out how we can do that. And once his how-to shift, right, his choose-to, he had buy-in. And once I realized that he wanted some some say in it and what it would look like and how could it work out, Um, to where he had time to do the things that are important to him. So he wasn't just spending eight hours a day doing my bidding, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, Then we we were like, oh, okay, let's figure it out. So the, the, the bottom line is it was kind of amazing. Once we had that conversation, his energy shifted, my energy shifted. And, um, he ended up getting a, a, a virtual position. So we really got clear on what was important. He ended up getting a virtual position. He got out of production doing the stuff that he loves to do. And the job was four to five hours a day. Hmm. Okay. So that means in theory, he has time now to do his own thing and also do stuff for the family. And our goal is freedom and this certain lifestyle. So now because he's not doing production anymore, he can live anywhere. He can be remote. Mm. So now we can actually travel and work, both of us, all over the place. Mm. So when that position, like the energy shift, the position, really getting clear on what is he really looking for, what's really important. It's not important really that he goes to work every day and works nine to five and has this job with insurance and vacation because that's actually not in alignment with the life that we want to create. Okay.
2: The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and just using it every day. But if that's not in the cards for you this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by more than 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. And since I personally haven't been in France for a while, I love to hop on to Babbel for a few minutes every day and just keep my French up to par. Babbel even helps me with my accent, my pronunciation, so that on my next trip, I'll feel confident stepping off the plane, ready to chat with anyone. Here's a special from Babbel limited time deal for our listeners right now to get 55% off your subscription but only for the U-Turn community at babbel.com slash U-Turn. So you can get 55% off at b-a-b-b-e-l dot com slash y-o-u-t-u-r-n. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling a little or a lot?
0: Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is just here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, they give you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the entire United States. And they are the global force behind Allbirds, Rothys, Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support you and your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial
2: period at shopify.com slash U-Turn. Go to
0: shopify.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's dot com slash U-Turn.
2: Hey, U-Turn friends, it's Ash here, and I've got to admit, my closet has been incredibly crammed with a lot of clothes but nothing to wear. The solution? I decided to donate a ton of them and turned to Quince. They are the upgrade for high-quality, affordable pieces. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next. And the best part? I stayed on budget. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, so by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I just love them. I recently got the Italian pebbled leather crossbody bag, and it is the perfect size for a purse when I'm out on a date night, traveling light, or just don't want anything bulky weighing me down. I really love what they're doing. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash u-turn for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash y-o-u-t-u-r-n to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash u-turn.
0: So it's like I think that what happens is it sounds like what I'm hearing from you is like a lot of couples go into this autopilot where one person's making an assumption about the dynamic like, you know, and assuming that the other person should be doing this. So this kind of brings me back to my friend who got really successful. Her boyfriend started working for her and suddenly she wasn't attracted to him anymore. Maybe she was making the assumption that he even wanted to work in her company or maybe he was making the assumption that, you know, she wanted him there. So it's like there's such a lack of communication. Um, and that's so interesting and okay. So you want to get buy-in from your partner. That's step one that they, that there's an issue and that it needs to be discussed. And then you want to come up with a joint problem solving statement is what you said. So, yes. and, uh, well, tell me what does a problem solving statement
1: mean? It means that you both are agreeing that we have a problem okay. and you're going to have what I call a shoulder to shoulder approach to solving it.
0: Okay, tell me what a shoulder to shoulder approach means. Like is that just what you talked about like a collaborative communication?
1: Yes, about? because what and and so when I coach my clients to have these conversations with their partners, I literally say you have to sit on the same side of the table or the same side of the couch or this the, if you go do it at a coffee shop or a restaurant, you're sitting on the same side of the booth. Cuz the energy actually shifts when you're standing next to each other versus like opposite of each other. Okay, okay. so shoulder to shoulder is like We are doing this together because remember, we have these same common goals. And and boss babes, we do do this thing too where, and I think you were like solving the problem for the guy that you're dating, like of let me help you with your business. We have a tendency to wanna go to fixing the problem and we all skip the feelings. Mm. So when you're having the shoulder to shoulder conversation, ladies, like it's really important that you like, put your problem solver in a little container and to use later. You don't need to like, you know, shush her or get her to not be there. Just say, I'm going to put that in a container and pull it out later because we need to talk about feelings. And that's when the feelings part of the conversation is like, well, I feel I'm your bitch where I feel it's not fair. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Cause that wasn't my intention. He's like, that wasn't my intention either.
0: Mm. And when you say identify core val- uh, common values, um, is that something, like, what What can you share with people who are listening right now where maybe they're listening and they think, yeah, we've got, like, a communication issue. Like, I'm feeling this way and I don't know how to talk to him. So I need to, like, first do this first step, letting him know that there's buy-in, that there's an issue. I need to do a shoulder-to-shoulder telling him what the issue is. But maybe they don't know what their common values are. You know, like, sometimes this is, I find that, you know, as I'm writing my book for Hay House right now, it's like a lot of people I'm realizing are disconnected from themselves and that's okay, that happens. It's we live in a noisy world. It's like the 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 statistics are in, like between Twitter and texting and all of that, we're so connected that we're disconnected, you know? Right. So I'm curious, like how do people even before this issue, maybe after this episode, talk to their partner, maybe when there's not a problem, to establish what are our common values? This is a very powerful conversation I think a lot of couples or people dating could be
1: having. Absolutely. And and that's really a beautiful thing, because when I look back at my ex-husband, we obviously didn't talk about values. Um, besides all the stuff that went on and narcissism and all that, we just totally don't have the same values. Right. So people get married all the time to people that they don't have the same values just because they just don't even know to have the conversation. So I think what is a great conversation is to ask him, like if you could with the question I asked you, right, like what matters most to you? What's the legacy you want to leave in the world? What do you care about? You can go online and like, I mean, I, you know, when we work with clients, we give them like a boatload of a list of values to kind of to suss through and to kind of help figure that out. But you could just start by going online and look, you know, Googling like list of values mm-hmm. and print it out and be like. Hey, you know, I have 20, but my top five are really this. What are yours? I'm actually
0: looking right now because I feel like I'm typing. Everybody's hearing me, which is probably not the first time. Yeah, I have a guide. So it's at u-turnpodcast.com slash core values. It's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash core values. So anybody listening, I'm guessing this would be helpful. It has a whole list of different words that represent core values. But I think a lot of people make the mistake when they're picking their core values of, being more aspirational. So somebody will pick the word peace and it's like, well, no, you're not that peaceful. Like maybe you value that on the outside world, but who you are as a person, your own core is not peace. So what is your stance on that as a couple? Because sometimes I think there's a fine line of choosing core values that are aspirational, things you wish you were and you value versus things that you are. Um, when you're a couple, are you looking to identify things that you guys are together that you stand for or things that you want to be more of? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, I think what you really want to look at is what is it that's important to you that is your guiding light? It's like your torchlight in the dark, Mm -hmm. right? So here's what's interesting. So a lot of the ladies that are listening, after listening to this show, right, for a while, you might be aware now that one of your core values is learning and growing, or being the best person that you can be, right? Or living like an out loud life of authenticity, right? And so you're like, oh wow, I didn't even know those were my values, right? And so when I do this work with clients, because I'm working with them, a lot of them have this core value on learning and growing. And peace for them is really about like communication, Mm. Right, like I want to be able to have peaceful communication, even if it gets heated. There's this underlying like ability to ha- to have rational, healthy c- communication. Mm right or adventure like my version of adventure is different from my husband's but we totally still have adventure um that's
0: and so, actually a big deal because I had I dated a guy once who to him adventure was like skydiving and to me it was trying new restaurants
1: yes totally well, that's what's great right so so we still <laughs> it's so funny because that's my that's my husband and I so like my life is the most freaking unbelievable, like hashtag living my best life because of have his core value around adventure. Um, he takes me to the next level and, um, he also, and also I realized I don't have to do it the way he does it, but like he pushes me in that direction. Yeah. Great. That's so right? exciting. Yeah. So we have adventure. So what's cool is, and this is, I love this conversation. So when we were doing all these problem solving statements and all these things, we, and we put adventure out there on the core values we just like we started looking at working on our relationship as an adventure.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. That's so inspiring. I want to be in your relationship with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, let's call. So we did it last year and then we continued. But last year we made it like, this is the year of the epic relationship adventure. We're going to like just totally work on our relationship, like, and go to workshops and try new things and how, you know. And so it was, but, but he was like, oh, I'm totally bought into that. Like, I love adventure. Mm. I'm like, me too. Like, so so that's how this can serve you. So aspirational, I mean, you know, I think when you have that conversation, it's, it's like a tool. Someone's like, you should have your core values. I'm all about like, who are you like aspirational now, whatever, like, what do you care about? Like people like faith, you know, learning and growing emotional intelligence. Um, like I have clients and their like core of who they are is something around like, environment or glo- being a global citizen or something like it's just mm, who they are like could they do more yes but they're not people who are like one day I should really go to a protest
3: <laughs> you know
1: what I mean they're like this is just like it's who it's in there it's their soul I just think it's really
0: funny you said that because I used to work in counterterrorism so like I did deal with people that did wake up and say today we're going to a protest <laughs> that was like a huge part of my
1: job. So this is very. Well, oh, yeah, and and so those two. That's their core. It's a core value. It's not. And so I want people to get out of their head about like, what are my core values? Are they aspirational? No, like, who are you? What do you care about? Beautiful. What have you always cared about?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So this, now you're getting me like all revved. So, okay, <laughs> so people are coming up with their core values together. Maybe they're looking at my core values guide, um, that I just shamelessly plugged. Yeah. Um, put that in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. The core <laughs> yeah. values guide and then, um, your needs versus your partner's needs. So you kind of touched on this quite a bit, but I think that we can really take a cause for pause. Oh, that's interesting. Little rhyme. I yeah. just said there. Um, and really look at, how do you know what your needs are? How does your partner know what he needs? Because as you saw from me, I'm like, I need someone like my my inner child who's throwing a tantrum at her dad who lost all of his money and herself who did the same. I need somebody who has this shit together, you know? So it's like, how do you really figure out in your soul? Like, what do you really need? Because I think a lot of people don't have that connection to
1: themselves. They don't. In fact, so let's talk about communication because it's so basic. So... Women come to me all the time, like I'm notoriously like, what do I say? Uh, and I'm like, well, what do you want? Mm, great uh, question. What do you, what do you need? And they're like, I don't know. I think la 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 la, you know? And I'm like, no, take it, take a beat, take a pause. What do you want? What is the outcome you want of this conversation? I want him to, I'm trying to think of one from my life. I want him to buy me, buy me gifts on bur- my birthday, Mm-hmm. And Christmas, he should just do it. No, no, no. He shouldn't just do it. He's not you. His love language night might not be gifts. What do you really want? Mm-hmm. So it's like having just having the pause. So there's there the, the never uh, underestimate the power of a, a pause, a cause for pause, right? Like to really ask yourself, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Right. If I could have it any way, what do I really want? What do I really need? So the first thing to do is to ask yourself. Now, here's a little thing. Lots of people will say to themselves or out loud, I, I don't know. And I believe I don't know for the most part is, is a bunch of BS because it's just a cover up for I don't want to deal with it.
0: Oh, wow. That's so good. My poor friend, she tells me that all the time when she's texting a new dude and she's about to get the no <laughs> from me. <laughs> Marnie tells me that you you're just opting out.
1: (laughs) So this is about like, deal with it. What do you really want? Well, I don't want to ask, cause then he'll think, I'm like, no, what do you really want? Right. So Mm -hmm. like, You know, at at the holiday time last year, my friend owns a jewelry store, and she got this ring made for her, and it totally didn't fit her, and it was just beautiful, and it totally fit on my hand, and I just sent him a picture, and I'm like, I would love to be surprised with this.
0: that's amazing.
1: (laughs) And you know what's great is he totally surprised me, actually, even though I did that. Like, he knew where to get it, and it was the holiday, and um he got he got it but then he put it in a different uh shopping bag from this other place that I go uh and so i thought he just and he was like oh i couldn't get you there was just an issue but like i hope you like what i got you like you know it's i know you like this store and i was like that's sweet and i opened all the thing and then i was like oh I the ring <laughs> oh that's so great i love it yeah, yeah right so uh, it was just like you know This is what I, like, I'm training you. This is what I want or this is what I need. Or what I really prefer is this. So take a pause. Get out of the, like, well, he'll say this or I should do that or that's never going to work or he should know. No. And really pause and then ask for what you want.
0: Mm, So powerful. Do you know what's so funny? I do this with my best girlfriends because a couple of them get really stressed out by birthday gifts, like my friend Amanda Bucci. I literally like was watching one of her Instagram stories and she was wearing like a workout outfit I really liked. And I literally responded and was like, I would like that outfit for my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And she's been texting me like, oh, I'm so grateful you told me that. I was like, this would have been such a like stress. And I just bought it on the internet. I'm like, perfect. Willing to receive this outfit. Like, it's so funny. So I think ultimately asking for what you want comes down to your beliefs and your judgments on yourself. Like... Why are you afraid to ask for what you want? Like, what are you believing about you that makes that difficult? I think a lot of people are judging themselves for having wants, needs, desires, wishes that, you know, they they can release that judgment. And so um, when it comes to your partner, I guess it comes down to like trusting them to say what they want and trusting that that's their communication, you know, like you can't know what they want unless they tell you and you can't fix it if they are disconnected and don't know what they want. Cause I think a lot of partners have conversations and I think it's very possible. You probably leave the conversation. It's like, oh shoot, this person really doesn't know what they want.
1: Yeah. And that happens all the time. I mean, my husband doesn't, he's like not so good at knowing what he wants and what, what he needs. And so because we have the same core value of learning and growing, Right. Yeah. Then he's like gonna figure figure it out. Mm. You know, he'll figure it out. He'll he'll double up on his meditation. He'll schedule a session, you know, with a coach or a therapist or whatever. Like, because we both have that same, same core value. And that's why those those are really important because they're the foundation and and it's an important thing. But asking someone, you know, like why, why do you not know what you, you know, why don't you know, don't know what you need? Like what's wrong? Like that's not productive. Right. So one of my favorite thing is like, what do you need right now to feel supported by me? Mm, great question.
0: All right. Well, so everybody who's taking notes, cause I love you guys for doing that. You're my people. Um, so first thing is to identify what the problem is and realize you need to communicate. Um, after that, it's getting buy-in from your partner, like them realizing that there's some sort of disconnect. Um, Number two is the shoulder to shoulder conversation, like coming up with a joint problem solving statement plan, um, identifying what your common values are, and also going deep on like what they mean to you, um, establishing what you need, what your partner needs. And then number five is the work plan. So you'd kind of talked about you and your husband and how like he wanted time to surf and like he didn't actually want to be, as you call him, your bitch. (laughs) And, um, And you were able to kind of work that out um, and come up with a plan moving forward, which looks like he got a part-time job. He was able to have that space. Um, what about, you know, and so that sounds like kind of the work plan, but what else do you have to say for everybody listening about coming up with a work plan?
1: You know, I, I think I, you know, look, I'm a huge implementer. I'm sure you are too. And most of, you know, most of the people who are listening are, um, what I really want you to get clear on is like my cat, right? Like, Your partner, the guy you're dating, isn't going to do things necessarily the way you do, and that's a good thing, because you actually don't want to be with a version of you. Mm -hmm. I promise. Um, and so allowing your person to implement in their own way, um, in their own process. Now, one of the things that we've been doing this year, which has just been crazy experiment, um, is we've been having like weekly household meetings. And some of my clients are like, my boyfriend or my husband will never do that. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe not. But it's really helped with the work plan. Mm. Because we have those common goals and we're looking at what needs to be done. And it's literally a household meeting, right? And so it's so amazing how, I'm like, what did we used to do? Because it's like, oh, what's going on this week? Do we have visitors? We have travel. Do we need to book? Like, where are we with our budget? Um, You know, like we have a project this year. We want to like redo our backyard or we want to save more money or like what do you as a couple want to do? like for your life. Um, And so you're just getting together once a week and you're talking about what you're doing and what the plans are. And if there's any implementation, there's just a little accountability because again, you've got those common values and goals in front of you. Um, now I will tell you this, I am like super goal oriented. So like at the beginning of the year, I wrote down like my personal goals, my business goals, you know, my husband's got them kind of in his head. He's not that guy, right? He's just not that, I mean, he knows what he wants, but he didn't like freaking make a spreadsheet about it like me. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, cool. You want to get better at surfing. So are you going to go to that thing in Australia? Or are you going to go to that thing in Mexico? And he was like, I don't know. I'm like, come on, man. Like, this is your value. Like, how, what do you need to feel supported in this? Mm -hmm. Um, now I would, you know, be the person who has that written down and he's just like, I really want to get better at surfing. These are these, I've been thinking about these things. I'm like, okay, cool.
0: Well, so then I kind of have an interesting question, which is like, when do you throw in the towel? Because I think some people might practice these steps and like the relationship that I was referring to a friend that I had. You know, it's kind of toast, honestly, Marney. Like, I was watching this, and I'm like, he is so emasculated. The dynamic is so deep. Like, this feels toast to me. Um, so, at what point is it like you're just not a match? You know, like this is beyond communication. You're a power. You're in your power, and this person's not. And it's time to go. Like, how do you look at that?
1: I think that's really an awesome question. So the one, so I'm painting this picture and I'm telling you all these pieces around my relationship and my husband of the like how the boss babe deals with someone who's, who's not a boss guy. Now, remember, I was married to a boss guy, right? When the last year of our relationship, he started a company. I think it's worth now like $35 million. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that was that. That was that was fine. Um, but here's the thing. That guy. Still to this day, you know, 15 years later, walks around with, you know, back in the day he had on a headset. Now he's walking around with ear pods in his ear, literally 24 seven. He can't have a conversation without being on a conference call. He works all the time. He flakes on people and cancels. He doesn't really care. He um, lives beyond his means. Just I'll make more money. And he lives this crazy lifestyle. And he always does make more money, but it's just not for me. Like there's all these values, right? That are totally not my values. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I want to tell you is that as long as your partner is really meeting you on those five core values, it's not toast because especially if you're in a committed relationship, whether you're married or you've decided you're in a committed life partnership without legal marriage or whatever it is, you're committed.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. So, um, It's not toast unless you realize that you made a massive error in what you thought were your core values and they're actually not. And this person doesn't have something that you have realized is super, super important to you. Which makes it a non-negotiable at that point. Which makes it a non-negotiable. And I will tell you a really quick story. I have a client who, um, stating this guy for nine months, And she did not have anything really about financial in her non-negotiables, in her deal breakers. Um, Because she said it wasn't really that important. She has her own money. She's like, you know, in her 50s, um, whatever. And she's dating this guy and uh, he's divorced and he... Um, spent a lot of money on um, providing for a wife and kids that was out of his actual means because he wanted his wife to fit in and keep up with the Joneses. Um, So he doesn't have a ton in savings. And then he put his kids through college and paid for that. And he just doesn't have a giant nest egg. Mm -hmm. And my client, when that kind of came out, she was appalled. She was like, I don't respect him. I don't love him. I don't, you know, like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, She was like, I was like, so it's this is a non negotiable, then she's like, well, no, it's not a non negotiable. And I'm like, but it sounds like it is. (laughs) Yeah. Because one of the things that you really are looking for is this person who's loyal. And it sounds like he was super loyal to his wife. And for whatever reason, he's loyal to his kids and he wanted to provide this thing for them and not have debt. And, but that's not okay for you. The bottom line is she broke up with them. And after about three weeks, she was like, oh my God, what have I done? Mm. I don't give a crap about that. Mm. Like, this guy is here for me. We can travel. He holds my hair when I throw up. He listens to me. <laughs> he communicates. He values learning and growing and adventure. I don't care about that.
0: So, so powerful for people to kind of like realize. And sometimes there's that experiment where life and relationships are an experiment, and you. Totally have to step back and realize and sometimes risk the relationship to see if it's what you want. Oh, this has been so interesting. Um, And I kind of want to just like quick fire you up with some questions like attraction. Like, is it something that you really think can grow with time? Like, I think that some people are just not attracted to somebody from the get go, but because they have all of this connection, they're like, let me see if this can work. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I'm curious about that.
1: Yeah, so I think connection is something that you can create and you mostly create it through vulnerability, Um, especially if they're like good on paper and you're like, why am I not connected to this person? I always ask my client, well, have you been vulnerable? Have you tried to create actual connection or has this been a bunch of you know, surfacey stuff. And most of the time they're like, oh, no. How, do, what does that look like? So we teach, you know, clients how to create connection through vulnerability and people don't even realize they have a guard up. So it can grow over time.
0: Beautiful. Okay. Um, what other questions am I not asking you that you think everybody listening might be curious about when it comes to like, it, should I stay? Should I go? Um, attraction, talking about issues where like the dynamics off before I let you go. Is there some final question or two that you have that you think, wow, this is going to
1: add a lot of value for everybody listening? Yes. So the quality of the questions you ask impacts the quality of life that you have. Mm -hmm. So should I stay or should I go is, In my opinion, not the super high quality question. Oh, tell me. Right. So the question is like, so what am I not seeing or not knowing or pretending not to know to think the problem, to to have the problem I think I have, right? Like, what is it that I really am not getting met on here that's causing me to feel like I need to go? Hmm what is it that I need to do or say to be empowered to answer this question? Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. It's like, put the power in your hands by asking a higher quality question that does not rely on circumstance or someone else to answer it, because that is the, the path towards fulfillment, empowerment, connection, and meaning in your life. So, so why is he not writing back low quality question, (sighs) right? Um, what does it mean when he blah, 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 low quality question? So So what would
0: be a higher quality version of both questions?
1: So, uh, why is he not writing back? Um, what, what is it that I'm missing that is making me frustrated that this person isn't communicating the way I want them to? So what do
0: you mean by that? I don't know if I totally got it. Like what about, what is it that I'm missing? Meaning like where in our
1: connection am I not paying attention that's translating into a connection? Well, yeah, or maybe like the the reason why he's not writing back is it kind of doesn't matter because the answer is he's not writing back. Mm. Right. So why am I reacting to that that way? Why am mm. I obsessively looking at my phone? Why do I care so much? Wow. Is there something that I need to learn?-hmm. So good gosh, I could
0: keep you hostage on this podcast for a lot of hours. Thank you so much. Where can everybody find you? I know that they're going to want to follow and learn from you after this. Well, number
1: one is definitely go to our podcast, The Dating Den, and you can listen to it on iTunes and Libsyn, all, you know, all those places, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then you can go to datingwithdignity.com.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Marnie. This has been awesome. Thank
1: you for having me. Hey
0: there, it's Ash here and I am just reflecting on this week's episode with Marnie Batista and I thought it was so powerful when she talked about how sometimes we set goals because of traumatic experiences or bad experiences um, or at least experiences we feel were not positive and that's where we come up with our core values is based on needs that weren't met in the past and how that's coming from such a place of lack in our lives and defensiveness and um you know, it's so much more inspiring to come up with words that represent what you really want in your life, not because of things you didn't get. And while we do learn a lot about who we are through context, we do learn about what we want through not getting what we want. I think it's so much more inspiring to live a life where when you're coming up with goals and generating your aspirations, you're not coming from a place of what you didn't get or what you're disappointed in with your life. So, I'm really excited for what you come up with and what you create. And those of you who haven't seen our core values guide, it's so helpful over at UturnPodcast.com/slash/core-values. Um, that's y-o-u-t-u-r-n Podcast.com/slash/core-values. Such an incredible um, resource for you to get into this place of um, real alignment and getting clear on your core values and. I think there's two mistakes people make when they come up with core values. Number one is coming from that place of lack, of like, I didn't get this, and that's why I value that. And I've definitely fallen into that pattern. But the second danger, I think, with core values is being aspirational. Picking a word that you value um, that is what you wish you were, but you're not. I find core values are things that exist at your core of your being, of who you really are. And being able to use those words as your key ingredients, your guiding compass for the life that you create. So I'm really excited with what you do with that. I think Marnie is a really scintillating speaker. And um, and those of you who are curious, I'm still in a relationship and dating that person I brought up on this episode Um, you know, the family friend who I thought maybe was too young or too green, and I'm learning so much and getting so much out of it. And I think it's the best relationship I've ever been in. So it's been really interesting to do kind of what Marnie said to look at my core values and realize that these are the compass to a good connection. And, um, my experience on the other side of that is deep love, deep understanding, and so much purpose. And I just wouldn't have it any other way. And, um, With that said, I'm so excited to hear what you think of this episode. I would love for you to shout me out on Instagram stories. Let me know what you learned. Um, I love sharing your stories. I think it's so fun, and I am just so appreciative for you tuning in. All right, have a great day sending all the love.